yes, here we are. Boss and the Brewer podcast, episode number 37. And I can't believe, I'll bring this up when my guest joins me because I'm disgusted at last week's episode and we're going to talk about that. Um, You probably already know who the guest is because you would have seen the title of the episode, unless I don't put him in the episode. Okay, it could be a mystery surprise guest. Yeah, let's do that. Mystery surprise guest. Okay, the guest is coming on. Oh, a lot earlier than Hendo. That's nice. All right, let's see who the mystery surprise guest is because it's going to be a secret. There's some guy with a coaster on his head. <laughs> oh, there you oh, are. Hey, mate. <laughs> How you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm sitting here trying to figure out my damn microphone because I don't want to be like Hendo and then I realise I'm like Hendo and I'm like, fuck, what's going on? But yeah, it's all right. No one wants to be like Hendo. That's that's understandable. Yeah, I I, uh, I remember I went to one of the uh, Froth Rookies um, events that he organised and I dressed as Hendo. So I thought that was pretty entertaining for me because I just love talk, being an idiot. So Talk me through that. I mean, you must have shaved your head. That's no, I bought it. a... Um, I'm, Got uh, through Helios. There's a costume place around the corner from him, and I went and bought one of those um, skinhead. Oh, nice uh, skinhead things, and I, I stuck it on, and I wore his Rockstar Brewer shirt, and which I think I still good. think I'm one of the only recipients outside of Hendo who has one. Yeah, I don't have one. Yeah, so yeah, I, I just kept pestering him for months. So it was that's how it is. <laughs> Very good. Well, welcome to the show. So you are one of the Adam Shells, not that I'm one, one of the other one. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I'm the OG. That's what I like to say. So well, you're actually the only Adam Shell in the twelve you pointed out the other day. Yeah, I'm surprised because I thought the other Adam Shell was in there, but um, yeah, I don't know. But um, there are more of us out there. Believe me, I've got a whole Facebook group. So a Facebook group of Adam Shells. Yeah, I started one. Oh wow! I just thought it's a unique but not so random name. And then when I started looking at it, I found. There's about four in Australia. There's three. There's a firefighter in Canada. There's well, God, guy who owns a small brewery at a pizza shop in the states. Um, wow. So yeah, there's a brewery um, over in the states in Minnesota called Shell's Brewery, and they're like a classic German German brewery, and they're like a craft, like one of the oldest craft breweries in the states. And um, yeah, our plan is to all go over there and have an Adam Shell meetup. But oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. It'll be a bit odd because we'd all be checking into the same hotel going, I'm Adam Shaw. <laughs> Not that one, the other one. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's so good. Do you have a link? Can you send me this Facebook group? I'll put, can I put it in the show notes? Uh, you can do. It's private to Adam Shells. We don't accept anyone except Adam Shells. No, I understand that, but at least we can link to it. Yeah, yeah. Let me have a... Um... That's incredible. Have you got a beer, mate? Yeah, mate. Yeah, of course I do. Sponsorship or well, what are you working with? It's one of my sponsor beers, the Helios um, Medusa Black IPA. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I was stinking around in the fridge, and I got a, I got a big beer to finish with. So, depending on how we go. So, nice. Well, the, the Medusa's made at least two appearances on this show, I think. One from me. Yeah. And yeah. Good. Good uh, feedback too. It's always welcome. Delicious beer. Yeah. Thanks so much for the beers. This is actually my favorite thing you've given me because you gave me. Um, Sorry for the audio listeners. I'm showing a glass here, which is very, very thick. It looks like a Craftmaster glass, but it's not. It's like three times as thick. And yeah. the other one that you gave me, unfortunately, met its demise about three days ago. 
there's been a few that have gone that way. Um, well, my glasses don't last at my house at all. Like I don't even have any black hops glasses anymore. I've got, yeah. <laughs> I've got one home guard one, which will die soon, I'm sure. And I've got this one. Yep. And I think I have dropped this one, but it's just so thick. They're thick, aren't they? Yeah, they're really, um, they're really cool. These guys. But, um, I don't know what uh, what exactly goes into glass making myself, but I really like these glasses. Then they're, they're nice to hold. Well, it's nice and it's nice and delicate having a, a thin glass, but then when you smash it every week, it's really yeah, it's, kind of ruins the fun. Yeah, or try and put it in the dishwasher and it hits the wrong thing. And yeah. Right, so I've got I've got some I got a box during the week. I don't know why because um, Lee is never coming on the podcast again after last week. But he must have <laughs> sent us some sponsored beers. Oh, nice! This one, I love actually, that. That's a classic. Classic. Can you take beer, a photo one. of me holding this beer? Yeah, mate. Or if you've got a tin, we can take a photo of you. Uh, I don't have one of those. Okay, we'll take a photo of you. Right. Go landscape and then chuck it in the Facebook. Yeah. Sweet. I like your own background there with the, the guy looking at the girl and the girl <laughs> looking at the guy. Yeah, I modified that. That was when I was doing the um, brewing TAFE course with Hendo and I modified that for our Zoom calls. Nice. When we were doing, probably shouldn't be doing that in lectures, but what are you going to do? I'm, I'm not going to get you in trouble. Um... All right, so we got the Aber Gold Medal 2018. Oh, it smells good. Have you had this one before? I've I've had it at the brewery. It's um before it was even in cans. It's a great beer. This um, was one of the first hazies, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, long time beer. I um I remember because Lee's brewery is about ten minutes from my house. Um, and I dropped up there one Father's Day. I got an Uber up there, and holy geez, I was there all afternoon. And um, the missus messaged me and goes, "Where are you? <laughs> I'm still at the brewery." So, oh no. <laughs> I've got I've got so I've got a checkered pass with Lee from White Lies. Um and since he's not here, I'm gonna take it upon myself to give him as much shit as possible because that's pretty much what he did to me on the last episode on my own fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but the biggest thing I have with Lee is I've never been to his brewery. And I I don't know if he knows that. I hope he doesn't because I've been to every other brewery, I'm pretty he sure. He will now, Queensland because he listens to the podcast. Well, so I he hope will he doesn't now. this week. <laughs> um, but I, don't, I just I just have never been. I feel so bad. Every time I think of going to Brisbane, I'm like, fuck, we've got to go to Lee's. And now, now it's gone on too long. Yeah. I feel too bad to go there and be like, oh, look, it's the first time I've been here. Yeah, but you can just say, you can go to the production brewery and be like, oh, yeah, check it out. Oh, what's happened? Yes. What, what's changed at the old place? I might drop it in there. True. Yes. Yeah. So is he keeping the is, is he keeping the old one as well? I honestly don't know. Um, I've heard all sorts of rumors, and I'm not sure what who knows them and what's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, last week he was saying that he's looking forward to opening a tap room at the new site. So that sounds really exciting. That's a be good, good one for too. I think he said a 300 person tap yeah. room or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a huge thing. Well, I feel really bad about that. And then the other thing I feel bad about is. Um, when I was first getting into craft beer, this is, God, it must be 10 years ago. Um, I had one of his and I was just in the habit of putting just honest reviews on untapped yep. about the beers I was drinking, which I stopped after this. But at the time I was like, you know, if I like it, I'll give it five. And if I don't like it, I'll give it one. Yep. If it's just not my preference. And then he had a, he had a um, sweet chocolate stout. That was a very good beer. It was just, a, it was just sweet. Yep. 
And I put it on Untapped and, it had, and I put like one star on it and I said it was shit because I didn't like it. And then he <laughs> saw the review and I didn't realize like it was like, oh shit, this is like real people who make this stuff. I feel really bad. And, and sometimes um, Untapped can be like that though. No, I know, but I just I just didn't want to be the sort of person that was giving people one star reviews. So I never used Untapped ever again after that. Yeah, I um I I because it's the it's the five star system, but you can do like the 4.25, 4.5, 4. 4.75. So you can break it down quite a bit. So I sort of break it out of a hundred and go, where am I at? I think my average rating was four point two, but I haven't used untapped in ages now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not um I sort of after that I sort of just just tapped in our beers, giving them five stars because I was completely yep. biased. And then I just had zero reason to use untapped at yeah. all. Yeah, we got a we got a funny review back from our Kronos White Stout on Untapped, saying, "Oh, it'd taste better if it was black." And we're like, <laughs> Stop. Seriously, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you do? Some people just um. Yeah. What? So, how are you guys going? What What's happening over at Helios? Um. Yeah. So, well, Charlie's heading back to WA. Finally, he's been oh, okay. for three years with the pandemic. He hasn't been able to get over to WA and visit his family. So he's um, we're all sort of wrapping him in cotton wool at the moment because we don't want him to get COVID or anything and not be able to make it because he's had to cancel and change flights like three times. So Right. So he's just going uh, back for a holiday or he's actually going, going back, back for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Just to visit family. I think his daughter turned 21. Um, so, yeah. And his son. That cannot be possible. That dude looks like he's 25. Yeah. Yeah. He ages well, old Charlie. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's looking forward to that. So we're sort of gearing up to having things in in tank and getting things ready. So we've got a couple of exciting things. Oh, I can't really say too much uh, what we're doing, but there's a couple of cool collabs coming up. Um, and what else? There, oh, so we're doing a brewery invitational, um, which we started. Um, I just had this idea, sort of. You know, the um, is it um, Firestone Walker? do their yep. brewery invitational and they just had their big festival. It's yeah. like a massive, amazing thing. I think Garage Project went over and Bolter did as well. That's cool. Um, which looked Stone really cool. Wood, like Stone and Wood did one a couple of years ago on the Gold. Oh, did they? Yeah. It was, it'd it be, was unreal. It was the best beer event I've ever been to. Yeah, it'd be mad to go over to. Um, but yeah, so we've done like a smaller one, smaller version here. So we've got um, five other breweries that we're just, we're going to buy a keg of theirs off and... Um, Pour it over our taps on the bar, and whoever's tap, whoever's keg gets tapped out first, um, is the winner essentially. So it goes off volume, um, nice. volume winning, and uh, yeah. So we've got Moffat Beach, White Lies, um, Parched, Precinct Brewing, and uh, where am I now? I've got no more. Yeah, White Lies. Oh, oh Carumbin. That's the other. Oh, nice. Yeah, Smoky. So. Yeah, it should be pretty fun. So very good. When's that happening? Thirteenth of August. Awesome. I'll um I'll chuck that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Tickets go on sale on the twenty on the thirtieth. Thirtieth or first? First of July. Yeah. We had to keep first changing dates. No, no, first of July we're putting tickets on sale. It's uh, the 22nd of, oh fuck. Oh Jesus Christ. I was just looking at the date thinking it was the twenty second of July. No, no. Twenty second yeah. of June. Okay. Yeah. So for us, it's just a cool way to get other breweries together and taste their beer. And to be honest, like it's more just a um, a selfish attempt from Charlie and I just to taste other people's beers. 
So <laughs> yeah, nice. That's that sounds good. That that um, south side of Brizzy's getting pretty stacked full of breweries now, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Um, because there's us ballistic and slipstream, but then Piker is opening up soon. Okay, yeah, one of the twelve. And, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw him the other day, last Wednesday, when I ducked into BH2. Oh, nice. Yeah, sorry I wasn't there. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm never there when you go there, but <laughs> it's um, all right, I, mate. I, I am there every day somehow, so I don't know. <laughs> From all accounts, you weren't feeling well at all. Uh, but oh, no, Eddie was... Oh, last week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Eddie was awesome. He showed us around and mm, yeah. um, showed everything. And yeah, Charlie and I were sort of walking around like kids in a candy store. Uh, it was pretty awesome, but it was good. We were spending the day down on the Goldie, so we went to Maddock and... Burley Barrels dropped into precinct, um, nice. and then saw Toshi and oh, everyone sort of ended up at HQ. And um, oh, yeah, nice. Toshi showed us through AWOL. It was awesome. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. cool. It was a good day. Like, we enjoyed it. It was thoroughly awesome. So yeah, awesome. We, yeah, I think we came back with more beer than we went down with. What's Sorry, was it? Oh, I said it. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I think we came back with more beer than we came, went down there with. We, yeah, we knew nice. we were going and we're like, oh, we'll take a four pack or something. But yeah, it was, everyone was so generous and awesome. But yeah, it was it was a great day. It was good for everyone, I think. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I went to Matic last week. We had um the guys from Rocky Ridge over and just it was like on a Monday or something, so nothing was open, but we went down to Matic and they gave us some beers and their beers are tasting really good. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I haven't been to Burley um, Barrels yet, though, which is a bit of a fail. Oh, you've got to go. Man, yeah. it's it's so good. I've been there three times now. And um, first time I was sitting there, I was catching up with Mitch from Maddox. And I got down there before him. And uh, I'm sitting there just having a beer. And then Smokey walked in. And then we <laughs> all ended up sitting down having beers together. So, yeah, it seems like a good place to catch up. But I think they've got some really cool plans coming up, too, and what they do with the venue. So, yeah, nice. It's crazy. It's huge. It's huge. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Great when I moved too. to the Gold Coast, that that um area there was the Cove Tavern, and it was just a really shitty old pub. And I went in there like once, and I was like, "Oh, got to get the fuck out of here!" This is <laughs> yeah. We don't so, want him to have our beer. <laughs> yeah, so it was um, it's cool that they've done something done something cool with that space. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think it's those sort of places like what you guys have done, but everywhere we're we're just tourists go and where people can go. Um, and then just take away a little bit of their afternoon or go in and have some food somewhere and sit down and have a few mm. beers. It's important to those sort of areas. So, Yeah, well, I uh, feel like we, we kind of need more on the Gold Coast too. It's, it's, oh, I don't know if we necessarily need more, but it's, it seems like brewery-wise we're a little bit underrepresented compared to other places like Brizzy or the Sunny Coast. I mean, Brizzy you'd expect more, but even if you divide Brizzy up into four and if one of them is a Gold Coast, you'd still have more breweries in that quarter than... Yeah, yeah. All of the Gold Coast. Yeah, I think like um, they, um, the Sunshine Coast advertiser got like 21 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, but the Gold Coast is pretty long. It's sort of like the Sunny Coast. Like the Sunny Coast starts at like Palandra and goes all the way up to Noosa. And mm. they claim all of those sort of breweries and then out to Maple to Mullaney. At, um, yeah, but there's like 20, 25 in that. And I think Gold Coast is sort of 10, 15 or something. Yeah. Which anyway, it's not, it's not about the numbers. We've, we've got some obviously some really good ones. But, um, I feel like there's a bit of room for more, for sure. Yeah, I think um, it's the like you look at Marrickville down in Sydney, man. All the different breweries down there. It's like a full community, and you don't need a tour bus or uh, anything specific. You can just plomp in the suburb yourself and just find whoever mm. you want and go wherever you like. And there's so many different beer styles down there. 
Yeah. It's um, such a great place to go and just do your own little tour or fall asleep in Stockade, which is what I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> one day when I was doing my tour. So I was, yeah, I was on my own. And uh, Do Stockade have down. a tap room in Marrickville, do they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, I'm pretty sure that was Stockade. Yeah, man, I had a massive day. Um, yeah, so that's that's Tribe, isn't it? That's their brand. Yeah, yeah, because I walked up the road from Batch because Batch was on the corner and I wandered up. Mm. Um, and then I, I came to, I sort of came to, I must have been sitting there all right, but I sort of woke up and I had a glass of water in my hand and I'm like going, oh, oh, that's nice. And I had the water and I looked at this dude standing next to me and I was like, oh, did you get that for me? And he goes, yeah, mate. And I went, oh, thanks. I was like, where am I? And he goes, well, doesn't matter where you are, you're going home. <laughs> Oh, wow. Like, yes. Okay, it like yeah. Definitely should have been going home at that point. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, here's what it is. It was a good I day. I remember my first brewery tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the sad thing. It wasn't my first one, but I was down there on my own. I, I was making friends at every brewery and just having a laugh. So, I, I actually wore down um, Brewski's, um, my beer dealer, um, the Frost Society shirt. Oh yeah, and there yeah, there were a couple of other Brisbaneites down there that recognised my shirt and caught up with them, had a few drinks with them, and oh, that's cool. Yeah, they wanted to keep drinking, but they had to get a flight. So too sad for them. But <laughs> I was kicking on. <laughs> you, you were off to sleep, but yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So for last week's episode, a couple of comments. It's hard to find good help. That's one thing. So <laughs> I don't know if we'll be inviting Lee back on because it was a pretty average performance. Um. <laughs> An over I actually enjoyed it, I must say. I actually enjoyed listening to Lee's yapping on because half the time you get out of him <laughs> a whole bunch of nonsense um, or he wants to come at you with um, big-ass beers that you know you can't handle. So, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it because he actually listened. He actually sort of sounded like he enjoyed the chat. <laughs> Jesus, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to sneeze and mute myself <laughs> at the same time and it's difficult. Please don't say anything nice about Lee. Can we just agree to, to not say anything else nice about Lee? Because I think we've been way too generous. This uh, over 40 brewery tour scooter gang idea. That's yeah. rubbish. Yeah, I've never ridden a scooter. I um, My wife's Vietnamese and every time we go to Vietnam, she's the one who's doing the driving and I'm on the back usually with a beer, normally like a 333 or... Um, Anything, anything from uh, Singapore or Saigon. Saigon Lager always gets a good run over there. Nice. But yeah, I don't ride the scooters. I'm a passenger. Well, I don't ride scooters either because I'm an adult. <laughs> um, so I'm going to leave that one for Hendo and Lee. Um, Partigile sounds like something out of Stranger Things. What the fuck were they going on about Partigile? I don't know what that was about. Oh, so, yeah, Partigile is that. Um, it's, I think it's when you can brew, like, a really high-strength beer in one set. Once you mash and you run it off with your target and then you re-sparge, I think, and you can get a lighter-style beer and you can do it, like, two or three times. I think over in Germany and Belgium and that, they do it a couple of times. and So you well, get your high-strength and your mid and then you get your light. My observation is it sounds like bullshit and it sounds like they were geeking out. <laughs> oh, I don't believe it. Um, the other thing is, they totally missed the fact that it was episode 36, which is a derivative of 12. 100%. That's a big no no in here. 
How did they miss that? It was a yeah. milestone episode. We have to wait to 48 for another one, and they completely glossed over it. You can call it, I reckon, on episode 39 because that'll be 36 plus GST. Oh, okay. So wait. you can do a rescue attempt. I wouldn't 40. Yeah, if you round up, actually. Yeah, round up to 40. Round up, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... Let's let's leave it and see if Hendo ever recognizes when we get a multiple of twelve. Because <laughs> I feel like he was better when he used to drink. It's, I drank with him on Saturday night, just gone. Yeah, how was that? Um, yeah, it was awesome. He's he's actually a really a cool, accomplished cook. At, um, Is he? he? Yeah, he had these really nice. There was um, eight of us there, and he had a big ass pork knuckle for everyone. And nice. I, I don't know the word of the damn offer. Nofki dumplings or whatever he made, but he's like he's like steaming potatoes and then he's ricing them and then he's adding eggs in and whipping them and making a dough and then putting them in. like it was fascinating wow. to watch. Yeah, sauerkraut came out of it. as well. Sauerkraut came out of a, a jar though, but um, that's my only complaint. But okay. we brewed a Vienna Lager a couple of months ago in his garage and uh, it was on there. We we're all drinking out of Steins. It was a great day. Yeah, so. awesome. Beer tastes good. Beer was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it got a got a bit uh, later on. We all started bringing out like the specialty beers that we'd all taken over to drink at different times as well. So that that's when it sort of started to go a bit haywire. When uh, Matty Cuthbert, he was pulling out some of his um, older stuff, and I had a um, like an eight and a half percent of beer there, and yeah, it was uh, oh, nice. Everything was sort of starting to go downhill from there. I think. Oh, that sounds like a good time. Um. The other thing they mentioned that they didn't mention on the last podcast, absolute fail of a podcast, was they mentioned the design of the Grzitzki beer. Yep. And didn't want once mention Craig from Beers Illustrated, who who's one of the twelve. I think they did. No, I'm sure they did at least once. Did they? I'm pretty sure that they did because I didn't know that he did that label until I put two and two together after listening to that episode. Oh, okay. All right, I stand correct. But who who cares, Craig? Let's, You're a legend. Let's just say they didn't. Yeah. We're giving even you a if, shout out, Craig. Even if they did, eventually I gave up listening to it because it was trash. But <laughs> I definitely didn't give him enough love. He he dedicated his time. He made this label amazing and beautiful. Yeah, we're all waiting with bated breath. No. Yeah, we didn't um, we didn't pay. He didn't pay anything for it. Yeah, we're all um, waiting to see it. We can't wait. And, and to drink the beer too. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I like a good smoked beer. We've just released a, um, oh, I think we sent you some, didn't we? The Athena's Courage, the Scotch Ale, with a little bit of peat. Oh, wait. Did I have? Would have been a, like a pinky purpley label. Yeah, no, no, I had that on, I had that on the show, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Charlie and I both love smoky beers. He did one a couple of years ago. He did a uh, smoked, it was a, um, it was a red oak. Manuka smoked um, Dunkel and oh man, it was so good. He did it for Bermuda Triangle and it was an oh, amazing right. beer. Okay, I have to just give me one second. I got to get a tissue because I'm just like my face is falling. You're right. No, just leave me here with the podcast. It's my virgin run. No worries. We'll just see what happens and we'll chat about nothing. Um, I nearly finished my Medusa. Dan's been smashing down his beers real quick. So I'm trying to keep up. I think that's half the problem with this podcast is it's it's an enabling drinking. 
I just had another mouthful. All right, I've got I've got a whole roll of toilet paper here if I need it, so we're good to go. That's cool. No, just thanks for leaving me here on a virgin run of the podcast. So that's cool. You're fine. You can't yeah, do any no, worse than right. I filled the space. Don't worry, because if I'm listening at one point two five space it, speed, it'll exactly it'll fasten fasten it itself up. So don't worry. Exactly right. No, I knew you had it under control. There's no issue there. It actually um, does. Like when you when you don't even edit it, and when you try and do stuff, like it literally just goes talk, 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 talk. There's no silence. There's nothing. It all speeds up and amazing. Is there like an app you can get where you could listen to our podcast and it would cut out all of Hendo talking? <laughs> I don't think there is. Okay. Right. <laughs> I think that's called not having. I think that's just called the boss oh, podcast. The, that's just called the blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. News item number one, catchment buys fortitude. Have you had a quick look at this one? I have. Yep. Had a good read of that one. Um I'm really excited by that to see what goes on. Um, I'll probably um, I'll probably know some stuff too that I can't say um, about it. But yeah, I'm well, really can excited I, for that. For a shit podcast, if every time you talk, you can't, you say you can't say anything, so <laughs> just say it. No one listens anyway. Oh no, people do. But no, it. Um, I really like um, that brewery, like that space. Like I think Catchman will do really well up there, especially with the volume that they're pushing. Um, and that they need to move, like bringing all that contract brewing back in-house. I think that makes super business sense from any brewer uh, to be able yeah. to brew your own beers back in-house. But Noisy Miner and Fortitude, they were all really good um, brands as well. There were a lot of um, a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Noisy Miner was one of my early favourite craft breweries. 100%, um, yeah. Didn't even know it was from the Gold Coast. It was just Noisy Miner beers, and I'd just be drinking them, thinking they were from Sydney or somewhere. So... Yeah. yeah, that's we actually brewed our, the very first eggnog stout we ever brewed in the homebrew of Gubbs's place because Gubbs was working at Fortitude at the time as the brewer. Yep. And um, we ran out of water at his house and we went up to the noisy minor brewer, brewery just so we could have a place with some water and we finished it there. Yeah. Um, but back then, Fortitude were absolute top of the game when yep. it came to craft beer. Like uh, even the hottest 100, I think that year, they had like three or four beers in the top 10, the beers yeah. they were putting out were phenomenal. Um, it's been, there's so much that's happened since then. I, you know, I think it's going to be, a, I, I don't know if they're going to sort of re- try to revive the brand. It feels like it sort of needs that, but yeah, um, they got a it's rich interesting, like, making good beer. There's still a heap of um, big ass delivery trucks driving around with um, like Pacer 2.8 mm. on the site. They're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, well, they've been yeah. contract brewing that for a long time, haven't they down at Tribe, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think because it's popular everywhere. Like, I mean, it's hard to find a good tasting, very low alcohol beer, and that was one of the front runners. Um, mm, such that a great really came too. out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the artwork is cool too. <clears throat> yep, and Ian, who used to be the head brewer there back then, worked for us for about a year, and now is that ballistic and has kind of worked in a lot of different different yeah. breweries. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed they can do something good with it, and and just as a destination as well. That it's got to be one of the best brew pub locations. It's just yeah. Mount Tambourine is such an awesome place, and that building. I remember going there for the first time. It was where me and Eddie and Gov met to start Black Ops. Yeah, right. In yeah, that cool. bar, and it was just like this place is unreal. And this is when there was only like I don't know ten breweries in the whole state. I can't remember. Yeah, like Newstead and Green Beacon, and yeah, like just those sort of. That was it. 
yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, it was just such a cool place. So yeah, hopefully they can revive it and um, yeah. I think um, too, like it, it says in the article too, like they've got a plan to have multiple venues, like I think 10 more or 10, 10 or 12 more venues that they're looking at. Um, mm, the, their yeah, strategy the, obviously is not only just brewing beer, but it's also having the venues to put the beer out into, which is also a smart business decision if you've got different brands that you can move into. So Possibly, yeah. That, that one... <laughs> That one could be tough. I, I don't know. It's let, let's see how we go. I, I think yeah. it's um having multiple venues and sort of you know the kind of language used in this it kind of reads a bit like a Mighty Craft sort of press release. Yeah, <laughs> um, which makes yeah. me a little bit nervous. But, yeah, um, I haven't been into Darling and Co since they've bought it. Um, but I wonder what 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 that's like. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they go. But as you said, it might also come back to the other news item that you've got. In there, the um, the hiring crisis, mm. because that's a that's an issue, an ongoing issue for hospitality at the moment, and not just brewing, but hospitality as a whole. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be hard. So I think um, Bill, who works for us, who was, um, I guess the the brewer that left Bacchus to go to Fortitude to work, oh, actually to replace Govs when Govs started Black Ops, I think from memory, um, was still brewing their ginger beer up there, I think up until like, like now, I, th- I, th- I think like up until like basically still does. Yeah. Um, and I think Ryan who accepted the job a long time ago, cause this has been brewing for a very long time. Yeah. Yep. Use the pun. Um, but I think at least a year was I, I first heard about this. Yep. Um, and so Ryan, I think I saw him at Hendo's TAFE day the other day he's just itching to get up there and start work so he's, he's ready to yeah, go he's, he's keen as he also lives on the goldie too so i think he's yeah. um just the travel time for him is just a that alone is something that he wants to have so that he doesn't although sometimes going up mount tambourine if you get stuck behind a truck or something the travel time's going to be just as long oh man i came back this afternoon this is very rare because normally getting home for me is fine but from bh2 which is just up sort of near harbour town um to where i live in, i've been the there twice you what? you weren't there yeah yeah no yes no you know where it is <laughs> this is this is for the 12 listeners in case they haven't been there i know you know where it is <laughs> <laughs> but i do go there every day and i normally drive from there to where i'm currently living in varsity lakes it takes about 25 minutes maybe 20 minutes it's it's not far yep um took me two hours today oh shit really what was going two on hours i don't know like by the time i got to where there was obviously an accident that was just tow trucks and nothing going on, but two oh hours on a Wednesday afternoon. Man, that's because because if something like that happens on a major arterial in the Gold Coast, all the little rat runs and back streets just fill up like crazy and the lights and roundabouts just can't cope. Yeah, there's not really, and there's not really any other options. If you're up the north end, you have to get down south and, you know, you're on the freeway. It has to be really, really bad. Like even that two hour run, it wouldn't have been quicker to go another way. Yeah, there's not really yeah. any other options. You just kind of have to sit there. It's... Yeah, if you can't if you can't go down the Gold Coast motorway through Surfers, or when you can't get on the M1, it's just choked up local streets and yeah, yeah, savage. All right, well, good luck to the Cashman guys. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, crowdfunding update from Bridge Road and Akasha. So we had a little uh, competition in the group. Yep. Which we can't. 
evaluate yet because these crowdfunding campaigns are not over. Yeah, they're still going. But I would say almost probably 80 to 85% of people predicted that um, Bridge Road and Akasha would hit their maximum. And this was before we really knew anything about the Bridge Road one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I didn't know anything about well. the Bridge Road one. Like I heard it on, on this podcast and then... That night, there was an ad on TV with the like the army dudes in the sitting there in their cardboard box and shit. Really? Um, yeah, like the the photo, like that dude, that top, very top photo of that article you've got. Those ads have been on TV. Wow. Um. So yeah, it's it's nuts. I, I had no idea that it was even a crowdfunding beer commercial until I first saw it. I thought it was like a Carlton Draft, one of those going to be one of those sort of um sort of ads far out that's amazing that's um well they're up to a million dollars so when i was looking at it recently they were sort of sitting at seven eight hundred thousand so it was it was i'd 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 say it was struggling with eight days to go that's a million dollars out of the 2.5 target yeah um the akasha one is one day to go and it's 1.6 million. So I think they were going for 2 million. I think they might have dropped the maximum that they were going for. But yeah, I uh, think it looks like that's, I think that's what you said either. too, that they dropped the maximum as well. Mm. Um, I, it's, they're obviously two really good brewers, breweries. Um, it must be hard in the environment to decide whether or not you, when you're going to go crowdfunding. And like you guys have done it a number of ways and a few times. Like, did any sort of part of, what's going on in the public domain make you go, oh, no, not this time or we need to wait six months because these guys have done that. And then now, like, the country's talking about recession. We've had mm. all these different things. Parting with parting people with their money is getting more and more difficult every day. That's true. I, I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think for us when we did it, it was it was the right timing because we were well underway on the project we wanted to fund. Yeah. Um, and we had a really good, healthy group of people who kind of wanted to be part of it. Yeah. Um, so that's always good too when like, you know that people want to be a part of it before yeah. you even think about it. It feels like the first couple that do it sort of all say the same thing. And now when people do crowdfunding, it just seems to be, a, it just seems to be kind of, you know, they're doing the same thing that everyone else has done, but they're doing it a lot later on. Mm. Um. And I think that like the Akasha one, I, I thought they would hit their max because I think they've got a pretty strong brand. Uh, they had a very reasonable valuation. Yep. Um, so 14, $14 million valuation. Um, I thought that's very reasonable. The, the product's always very good. $2 million yep. max. I thought that was about right. Yep. Um, the Bridge Road one, I have to be honest, I think their problem is... I think it's massively overvalued. Yeah. Um, like if you have a look at, so. Because they yeah, say 52 million, they say it's valued at. Yeah. And like there's multiple different ways to value something, but like traditionally you'd value something based on how much profit it's making. Yep. And breweries basically never make any profit. So, um, and or neither do really any startups. Like if it's a new company, it's growing really quickly. Yeah. You wouldn't expect it to be profitable. So, you know, you value it on the basis of, okay, this is really growing very quickly. 
It could one day be worth a lot more money. It could be worth a lot as an acquisition, for example. Um, so you, you use a valuation based on the revenue or something else. Yeah. Um, but you can't, have a, you can't have a really super high growth company that is 17 years old. And that's, that's what Bridge Road is. It's, it's, not, it's not a startup. It's not a new company. No. Not profitable. Um, it's not growing particularly quickly. So they're, they're, they're taking a startup. Just grabbing another beer, sorry, mate. Oh, what do you got? Uh, got more new. Uh, ballistic. Sleep when you're dead. Nice. You got to do that slowly because your little screens have a back. Yeah. Doesn't, oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. So triple IPA. So it's a 10%. Um, wow. Is that a sponsored beer or you just purchased that? No, so, no, no. It, um, they gave us some beers and we gave them some beers. The beer economy around Brisbane is pretty good. So nice. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think that particular one with Bridge Road, they've got a great brand, but I think a $50 million valuation for a 17 year old business that isn't profitable is way too high. Yep. And um, I think they're dealing with that. I think they've gone too high with the valuation. And you can normally tell if they're, sell out in a day, then you've gone too low. If they yep. drag on, then they've gone too high. It looks like Akasha have gotten it about right. They're going to be reasonably close. Um, it's, I guess, too, it, it depends on how well you know your community. Like, it's the community that invests in you, isn't it? Like, Yes. How many, how many non-community members that are just beer drinkers are going to be like, oh, yeah, well, they sound pretty cool, and they read through the whole prospectus and everything, but... If it's people who are in your community and know what you do and know your product really well, they're the ones that are going to believe in you the most and give you that indication well before you even think about crowdfunding that that's something that you could do that's successful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I think you never really know. Like with any of this stuff, you never really know who's going to actually give you money. And that's why they do the EOI process, which is a little bit annoying, but um, you kind of just, you don't know who's going to invest. I, I would... If they're running TV ads and like I've seen sponsored posts everywhere, like I, I would assume that they would have thought it would go a little bit better than this. But yeah, that said, it's 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 halfway there and there's still eight days to go. So yeah, I mean it's um it, it's I wonder though too if the landscape is changing, like whether people are getting sick of like crowdfunding and they're thinking, well, <clears throat> we keep putting this money into things like it's sort of like when Kickstarter started, it was like yeah. all the rage for ages, but now you don't, you don't hear of Kickstarter and I can't even remember what the other one what was. The other one that was Indiegogo. The, yeah. The US one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you sort of heard about them all the time. Like, Oh, here's this new Kickstarter project. And mm. it'd be for like a light that lit up in your toilet. Every time you walked in, like it could read that you were there. Um, Whereas now you don't hear about Kickstarter projects anymore. You'd have to specifically go to Kickstarter to find yes. them. Yeah, I think, I think I think also um, if you think about the environment in the brew sector at the moment, is that there's not many companies buying breweries. No, I, I kind of, as far as I'm concerned, it feels like it's over, like the acquisitions and yep. whatnot, and you're going into a, an economy that could be in recession. There's yep. not many listed breweries, so the exit opportunities are pretty minimal. And if you're investing in Bridge Road at a $52 million valuation, you're, you're either hoping it starts printing money at some point, which it, I, I, mean, I don't think it will because it yeah. hasn't ever, um, or it's going to sell, which 
seems unlikely or it's going to list. Yeah. You couldn't list if you're kind of 17 years old and losing money. Yeah. Um, so as an investment, it's, it's, yeah, it's probably not as appealing as, as it, it could have been. Yeah. It's sort of hard too, because the, I wouldn't say the shine has been taken off brewing a little bit, but I think it's more the, um, there's so many brewers now and breweries that have released so many different new products. Like how do you, how do you do anything that's different? Like it's really cool yeah. to see so much quality and everything like IPAs and stouts coming out that are such good quality now. Um, but how do you, how do you stand out too much out of that market without like enough to be able to say, Hey, we also want you to put your hand in your pocket and help us grow so you can get more of the beer that you're already getting. Yes. So. Yeah, exactly. And if it's a, if it's a sort of a local community driven thing, and like we're saying on the South side of Brisbane, if you want to do a crowdfunding, yeah, there's 15 other breweries that are just close by that, you could yep. probably get a taproom discount out without investing. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, competitions become a, a big, big challenge too. How's the beer you got there, by the way? Mate, it is excellent. It is so good. It doesn't taste like it's 10%. So that's a concern because I always drink those real fast because they're just real, real tasty. It's um it's got these really nice, like really high lifted citrus and floral notes, but man, it, it smells nice and dank. But then when you drink it, it's just Full mouthfeel, massive flavour, and it just lingers on your mouth. It's great. Nice. I don't mind. Actually, I always try and get the Sleep When You're Dead. It's one of those series that comes out that they always seem to do really well. There's, I think there's been one miss, I think, that I didn't really like, and that could have been my fault with buying an old can or something like that. So, Yeah, you got to drink fresh, mate. Yeah. That's why I appreciate it at the beers you give me. I'm always looking at the dates. I'm like, holy shit, this is three days old. Mate, I, yeah, I get Sarah our... Um, She's our Shopify legend, but um, if we can something new, yeah, I'm, I message her straight away and I go send these to where they need to go <laughs> on canning day. So yeah, it's nice. Um, all right, craft brewing's hiring crisis. So this, I think this is one that Hendo put into the chat. Yep. Did you have a quick look at this one? This is on craftcompany.com. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not. Um, it's not. That's surprising, to be honest. Like, I've been in hospitality for 25 years, and over that time, it's the whole thing about it is is passion for the industry. If people don't have passion for customer service and giving the customers what they want, like, the number one person in the industry is the customer. Without them, mm. all of us are just making beer and probably drinking it in our tap rooms in, like, um, somber sorrow. Mm. <laughs> uh, because with without them, and, and it's hard to find like you're always going to get those people that are just going to do it for a job, which is, which is fine. And it's not, it's not just hospitality people, it's brewing people as well. You always find someone that's just going to be happy to work on a packaging line and they don't want to do anything extra. They're just, yep, mate, I just put it in the box and tape it up. That's what I do. Yep. And they're all good on them, but you, you kind of want, we're a people industry, like breweries are people industries. We're not like the small craft breweries are people industries. We need more people than we do the big guys. Um, to make our businesses run and to be able to get people through the door, you need personable people. Um, it's not it's not rocket science and it's nothing new. It's been like it the whole the whole time that bars and um, that have been around. It's mm. sort of you go out to bars so that you can be somewhere where you're not at home and get good service and good enjoyment, things that you don't have at home. So 
Um, actually, the I listened to the Brews News podcast this week with um, Miles. Um, what was it? Can't remember his full name, but Miles who worked at Little Creatures over in Fremantle, and I think he's done stuff with Gage Roads and whatever as well. And listening yeah, to that podcast, I had podcast, to listen to that one. I was halfway through on the way home. My two yeah, hours yeah, yeah. Well, listen to one and a half speed, mate. You would have got it through it. That's a good but, point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he, he just he spoke about what he exactly what what I believe too. It's fundamentals. You, you mm. every single job has fundamentals, and the hiring crisis. I think with COVID nineteen, a lot of people tried to find something that they could do to get them out of where they were at um, mm. to move to to survive. Basically, I know a lot of people that are struggling to live with bills and yeah, um, living week to week. It's it's going to be a while to, for a lot of people to recover um, and before people feel confident again to be able to go. You know, well, you know what? Yeah, it's a little bit less job to go for that like, bit of bit of job, less security but it's something that I enjoy. So mm. I think that quality of life at the moment, we're still sort of, oh, no, we need more money at the moment rather than our quality of life um, comes down. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, we employ 80 people and we've, we only employed a HR guy a year ago. So he's, he's coming up to one year now and yeah. um, the change is massive, but there's just so much to do. There's so much to do in looking after that many people, having the right policies, having yep. SOPs in place, having all the safety stuff in place, looking after people, having team events and catch-ups and oh, just the um, onboarding alone. Salary reviews, just onboarding, training, all that stuff. It's just there's so much to it. And um this it's hard in brewing because there's not that many breweries with as many staff or like as big as ours to be able to afford a HR person. Yeah. Everyone else or you know us until last year. It's kind of stuck just trying to make it make do themselves. Yeah, and it's whoever can do the job will exactly. do it. Like it's just someone who can step up and go, look, can you just handle that for a little bit for yep. us and and help me out? Because yeah, your your job at the moment isn't as full as it needs to be or can be, mm. and we just need a hand. Can you do it? And you find a lot of people though are across the board. I reckon are more multi skilled than you give people credit for. Yeah, and uh, people fall into roles that they're probably not ever thought that they would do but they sort of naturally progress and become absolutely amazing at it. Yeah, they make, make it work, but um, it's certainly super challenging. Um, so, yeah, good article there on Fast Company. We'll put in the show notes. Mm. Actually, too, it. on the – I don't think it's also just just brewing. I think it's – like there's a lot of different industries, like service industries, that, that there's, the COVID-19 has changed because – a lot of people got out because the service industry literally shut down because people mm. couldn't go anywhere and do stuff. Um, I know Hendo went down to the Formula One, but I had a lot of mates down there as well, and they were all saying there was hardly any food. Like, you couldn't get enough food, and it was just took ages to get to anywhere where there was enough food because they were cooking things that took forever because all of that knowledge of how to run these big-ass functions wow. has left the industry. Those people have gone and found something else that their skills can be used for or they're working mm. in corporate buildings and stuff. Um yeah, those things take time to build back up. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, and then the last one, another bloody <laughs> attack at Brewdog by the BBC. <laughs> this is what annoys me about, well, a, a couple of things. First of all, if you look at the if you look at the BBC website under the topic Brewdog. Yep. Every single article bar one in the last 12 months has been negative. And that's 
out of 18. So if you, if you, I'll put, I'll put a link here on the show notes. Yeah. Scroll through Brewdog. There's 18 articles, all with something negative about Brewdog, except for one where they say something positive. And they follow the same format every time. They put a photo of the founder, which isn't a particularly nice one. They, you know, draw attention to some obscure fact that sounds really bad. But then when you read the article, turns out to be a big nothing burger. And they've done it again here. So do you reckon, though, that um, like Australia is famous for saying, oh, tall poppy syndrome and blah, blah, blah. But I reckon the media use the tall poppy syndrome as their own um bashing system to be able to try and pull people down because they know that it's it'll get eyes on the page exactly Um, exactly right i mean they can sell ads against this so if if you if you look at this on brewdog that's that's exactly all it is and this is what i don't think people know all that the news sites are are to make people watch the ads that they put on the news articles that's that's what the news is for that's how they make their money and that's all that it is so the more more outrageous and gregarious they can make their headlines and make people get to that page and read that article and they can put up any shit things now. There's like shit all down the sides, um, unless you've got ad blockers and stuff. And then now even the news sites know you've got an ad blocker and they won't let you read the content. Yep. Um, Yeah. It's a business. 100%. Yeah. It's not about telling you what you want to hear. It's about making money off the advertisers that want to have your eyes. So Exactly. And this this article, like this... The whole point of this article is basically they say, okay, Brewdog approached Heineken about partial sale, which is misleading because when you get into yeah. talking about it, it just says something about an email where he sends a reply back to the Heineken people, which was a nice reply. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Like I, I, I literally today got an email from the guy who used to run M&A for Coca-Cola and he sent me an email today that said, oh, you would have heard... Uh, Coca-Cola are no longer in the M&A business, in, in the beer business in Australia. Um, I'm moving on. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do yet, but it's been nice to be in contact with you. Thank you for being friendly yep. and all the best in the future. And I replied back like I have every other time he's contacted me and said something nice and said all the best in the future. Like I'm not going to be an asshole to the guy. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I'm, I'm happy to take an email from anyone from any company and be <laughs> nice to them. Yep. It's not fucking news. No. No, it's, I think too is that, but that's that's their job. Like journalists are able to turn things around and then they use like facts um, to back up their story because they just stuff it full of information that they know, which is either A, common knowledge or B, words that they can twist around. Um, or it's the same shit. Like in this one, like like they have this first revolutionary piece of information that, you know, he sent an email to some guy from Heineken and then the middle half of the story all talks about the same shit that the other article talked about, which is yeah. another nothing burger. Yep. And then at the end, it says something else about this fucking Heineken thing. And like, apparently the investors are looking for outcomes as if investors wouldn't look for fucking outcomes. It's, it's well, yeah, look, there's two paragraphs that are pretty much exactly the same. Like the first one underneath the bold heading where it says leaked emails from 2018. So this is like, four years ago already yeah. like it's not even recent but i wouldn't be surprised if it's because like they would know what hits home and they would be looking at their analytics and going oh brew dog we had a huge hit there but it started to wane down what else can we say about them oh, yeah okay here's this thing but then further down in the article they've got it again 
but they've just got a three-sentence paragraph, exactly the same thing, but just different words and sentence structures around the back. That's just classic blog, blog writing, though. Like anyone who's yeah. done content marketing or anything knows that's how you get information into the page and stuff your keywords in as well as you can. But yeah, it, so this unfortunately, is 17 out of 18 negative articles from the BBC about BrewDog in the last 12 months. <laughs> and um, and and the worst thing about it is I only saw this because like this is not in my list of websites to check every week about beer. I yep. only saw it because I saw it shared in three different groups of Facebook of people going, oh, look, BrewDog sucks. Again, look at BrewDog. And they're Buddy, sharing this fucking article. Because everyone only needs zero. to go with a bunch of mates to BrewDog with a Forex drinker. And that Forex drinker can't find a beer that he likes. And he goes, oh, I hate BrewDog. <laughs> and then they're out talking to other people and they're like, oh, BrewDog is shit. And someone will go, oh, yeah, do you hear about this, what they're doing? And then those those people go, oh, not really. And then they'll be the ones putting it on their social media and stuff. It's not. I'm kind of indifferent to Brewdog, like because they're they're so big now. Like I I love the venue. I reckon the venue Brisbane's great. I reckon the whole ethos and a lot of their beers are absolutely amazing. Um, and I even as a home brewer, I used to download their PDF every year that they do for yeah, home brewers. Exactly. Um, and brew a ton of their beers. Yeah. Um, who knows what goes on at the top? You only hear what you want to hear. You only hear what gets released not even to the media you have to go digging for all of that stuff and companies that size are super secretive about what gets out like they've got media teams up the wazoo but you got to also go on your own experience like i've i've met one of the founders of brewdog he was super super nice i've met a bunch of people from the brisbane site they were all really nice yeah he have been really good what they did in brisbane was amazing and really showed us what to do. Like anyone else could have built a brewery there. Yeah. And all we did was sat here and complained that BrewDog got some grant to do it. Yeah. I mean, where was everyone else when this brewery was there in this perfect location for a brewery? Everyone else thought it was a terrible place to build a brewery. Yeah. Have you so been in that cold room? to them and the contact I've had with them all, they've all been really good. So I'll, mm. I'll go on that. Have you been in that cold room out at Murray? No. It's, it's like you could fit Helios' brewery in the cold room. Nice. It's, it's fucking huge. I reckon you could base jump from the roof. <laughs> it's the biggest cold room I've ever been in. <laughs> Solid. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't bash Brewdog, but I'm not a super supporter of them either because I don't. I don't know the people. Like I love going to breweries where I know the people. Yeah. And I know the small operators, and I get to talk to those people, and I'm, I haven't met those people. The guys at Brisbane are awesome, and I love those guys as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't love them. I don't hate them. It's, uh, I can't wait to go to the Fortitude Valley, um, venue though, when they do that, I reckon, I reckon that'll be a good experience. Yeah. They had, they announced some really interesting ones. I think we covered on the show a couple of weeks ago, but they definitely got some interesting venues coming up. Yeah. I reckon it's just the start. I reckon they'll, um, mm. be putting them everywhere. All right, we have 12 questions. And normally this is a bit of a shit show because I only check it live on the show and who knows what's going to be in here, but let's see what we got. All right. <laughs> we got first question from Steve Hendo Henderson. Which Adam Shell is on the show? I, I, I still don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's um do you, do you want to know do you want to know the story with the other Adam Shell who lives up here? So he used to live down in Sydney. But I friended him. He was the first one that I found. In your group? In the group. Yeah. And I messaged him and 
he's like I friended him on Facebook because that's what you did way back when. And I was like, hey, I'm Adam Shell as well. Just wanted to reach out to other people with my name and say good day. And he goes, I, he said the story all the time. He goes, who's this wanker? And uh-huh. he looked at my profile and he goes, oh, yeah, he's a ranger. Oh, hang on, he's a bartender. Oh, yeah, he sounds pretty cool. And then we got talking. And then I said, look, I'm going to be in Sydney for a cocktail competition. And I went down. He was running Trinity Bar at the time. And I went in there, had a few beers with him. We got to talking. And we found out since then that we're actually fifth cousins. So oh my God, our um, great-grandfathers were brothers. Both our great-grandfathers were brothers. And they bought musket and um, musket and Riesling grapes to Australia. And oh so there's, God, there's booze in our booze in our brother. It's, uh, yeah. So, but it's funny. Yeah, we all know each other's family's history. It's uh, so whenever the other one says, "Yeah, that's the other Adam Shaw," because I get it all the time. Because he used to rep for Caliber Brewery, oh, yeah. Caliber Beer up here. Um, and then people call me thinking because I might drop a business card off somewhere, and then the person gives it to the manager, and the manager messages me and thinks that it's the other Adam Shaw, and that's where the joke is. It goes, "No, not him. It's the other Adam. the other one." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, he's not one of the 12. So the, the answer to Henry's question is the Adam Shell that we've got on the show is one of the 12. True OG. Yeah, true OG. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm older okay. too, so that's what I say to him. That's why I'm... Louis G, question, was last week's episode to be considered scooter renovation advice? As a non-scooter rider... I'm gonna... an adult... Yes, I'm going to say no because I don't think that it was. Yeah. Andrew's answered and said, yes, it is. All right, Luke Cooper, who actually, he gave me a beer this week as well. I'm going to have to save it for next week because I've already got this beer going. But um, yeah, it's a sober one, though, isn't it? It's not a color. Exactly. Yeah. It's the one that Hando drunk last week. So we've already given it a bit of love on the the show. Oh, the stout. Yep. Yep. Um, So thanks for that. Coops. The Royal Agricultural Society of New South Wales have announced that the 2023 Sydney Royal Beer and Cider Show will require all entries to be made from 100% Australian-grown grain and over 85% Australian ingredients. Jesus. It's an yeah. interesting move, but one yeah. I support. Ew. Anyone anyone using Marisota or Vyman? There's there's a whole heap of them. Yeah. This um, is why, why, would, why would they want that? Why does that matter? Maybe they're trying to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. Like um, like the Melbourne Awards are so big and maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to like say, no, no, we're, let's, what can we do that's unique and different and will attract a different crowd? Like there might be little breweries out there that go, I'm not going to answer. Like I'm never going to win. And no, all they no, do we is... We want it when we're a little. Like, that's the whole point. That categories for little brewers. Yeah, 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 I hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I think it's. Um, I think I think this sucks because at the end of the day, if it's a if it's a beer awards, it should be about beer. It shouldn't yeah. be about ingredients, and it shouldn't be like really. It should be celebrating what people are doing every week, and you sh- you should look at what you're doing every week and be like, okay, this beer that I'm making, that is the beer that everyone wants to buy, is the one I'm going to submit in this category. Mm. And I'm going to brew it fresh, perhaps, for the event, so it's nice and fresh. But other than that, I'm not going to make something specific so I can get a gold medal at the awards. 
No, but it's interesting that um, like two big um, agricultural shows have changed their entry requirements like quite recently because mm. the Abers did that with their label requirements and now this is the New South Wales one that's changed. It's I just wonder if they're just trying to pigeonhole if they like and they're trying to like get in on the coattails of what craft beer is doing and the popularity exactly. that it like is to try and move that. Trying to dictate what you make, which is not really the point. No. The point is to kind of submit what you're already making and, you know, weigh it up against the best people in the industry and, and hope you do well. It'd be okay if you could get all the ingredients that you need to make the beer you want to do as well from Australia. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, you, you can get all those grains, but sometimes you can't. Like Exactly. But also, but also you, you want people to submit the beers that they're selling regularly. You don't want them to brew a specific thing out of a specific grain because yeah. that's what the competition wants. You you want them to you want to send your core range and a couple of limited releases in and get those judged based on how good they are. That's the point mm. of your awards. I wonder though, like where where does that line get drawn to? Because do they know that like for example, cinema is made from grain and we use that as an agent to colour beer. But is that considered in Australian grown grain? Or is that considered an adjunct because you don't use it in the mash? Like where, yeah. where does that distinction, because it's it's made like it is so that you can use it in the Rheinheitsgebot in Germany um, so that you are using only water, malt, yeast and hops. That's why cinema was invented so that they could yeah. still adjunct their beer, um, but using 100% malt product. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to know if that, where that line's going to be drawn with things like that, because there's not an Australian cinema product, as far as I'm aware. There's no one, no one who makes anything like that. Hmm. Um, also, like, how would they based. actually even know? Well, that, yeah, that's it too. Like, they they wouldn't know. Just send in normal beer and yeah, and go yeah. I use Barrett's or Voyager. Yeah, Luke says he, it's an interesting move, one that I support, but this is he. As a brewery that is very focused on Australian native ingredients, so that he's pretty patriotic, I reckon. <laughs> and and so he should be good on him. But um, yeah. yeah, I think as you said, I didn't even think of that. Like how they're going to police that? Um, I mean, how the beer's already really made. Like that. you don't have to submit your recipe. Oh, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having having like a, a one award category for a, you know locally sourced materials or whatever would make perfect sense, but. For everything, that just seems silly. But anyway, yeah. they're doing their thing. So there it is. By mm. the way, that's the end of the questions. Pretty shit effort from the 12 this week in terms of questions. Yeah, I didn't feel I needed to add a question today, as I usually no. will add one, but I'm well, you here. You could have asked so a like... question, I suppose. Yeah, but what you... that'd be a bit vain, wouldn't it? Me just writing in my own question. I haven't seen you or Hendo ask yourself a question. That's true. I, I will do that next week. <laughs> well, mate, that was good. Good little too easy. There. I would say significantly better than Hendo and Lee. No talk of scooters, just quality bloody content. That's what I aim for. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well done. Yeah, I think you and I are from a very similar vein. I was, I've come from social media marketing and online IT from a lot of big backgrounds. So yeah, I listen to a lot of stuff you say, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not along here. Yep, that's exactly nice. Exactly my train of thought too, so. 
Oh, very good. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. And I wish this was 36 because we would have celebrated, but it's not. It's 37, but whatever. You can finish in. I'm trying to work it out. Yeah, it's been it's been an hour. It's pretty much an hour podcast. So that's 60 minutes, which is derivative of 12. Oh, that's true. Okay. That worked. Wait, wait. What does what does this timer thing say? I don't think this tells me how long it's going. Oh, it must be close. If I cut out the bit where I disappeared, I reckon yeah. bang on. Sweet. That was some of my best content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, mate. Cheers. No worries, man. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem. Have Cheers a good again. one. I'll see you soon. No worries. See you, mate. Bye.